Welcome to Lit Poetry, the podcast where we go on a journey of discovery, reading, analyzing, and discussing great poetry from around the world. Poetry is worth it because the reading and writing of poetry is a revolutionary act that has the potential to transform both the reader and our world. Houston, we have a problem. But before I go on to rant about this week's poem, I think it would be best if we start by just listening to it. So may I present you with She Walks in Beauty by Lord Byron. She walks in beauty like the night of cloudless climes and starry skies. And all that's best of dark and bright meet in her aspect and her eyes, thus mellowed to that tender light which heaven to gaudy day denies. One shade the more, one ray the less, had half impaired the nameless grace which waves in every raven tress or softly lightens o'er her face, where thoughts serenely sweet express how pure, how dear their dwelling place. And on that cheek and o'er that brow, so soft, so calm, yet eloquent, the smiles that win, the tints that glow, a tell of days in goodness spent, a mind at peace with all below, a heart whose love is innocent. Houston, we have a problem. So, hear me out. When I made the music video for this week's poem, which is now on YouTube, I was in a bit of a bind. When it comes to this poem, I love it, and I absolutely hate it. I can appreciate its sublime use of language, and I can delight in its expert use of poetic techniques, sprinkled like stardust throughout its lines. But as someone living in the 21st century, I do have some problems with aspects of the poem's actual content and the kinds of views and values that it pushes out into our world. So yes, Houston, we certainly do have a problem. And that problem is that as soon as you look at this poem through a feminist critical lens, it becomes crystal clear that the poem deserves to be seriously challenged and questioned for its tendency to equate beauty with physical appearance and by its tendency to objectify women by holding them up to scrutiny to the male gaze. I mean, do we want to really measure a woman's value by her looks? By taking a feminist position in reading this poem, it quickly becomes clear that it can be read as containing misogynistic views and stereotypes about women that quite literally aren't very helpful. Because the poem is written by Lord Byron, a rather brash and notorious womanizer in his day, 
it becomes possible to argue that perhaps the poet himself was only too happy to subject women to his male judgments and profit in his career from doing so. Now, that might be a bit cynical, and you may argue that I'm being rather unfair and harsh here, or that I'm simply getting sucked into the culture wars we are facing in our society today. Or you may think it is rather unfair of me to judge this pretty old poem by today's standards. And well, maybe you're right. But in response, and in my defence, I just want to say that I could have chosen not to feature this poem at all. But I did. Not only that, I actually think that this poem is beautifully written. And it certainly doesn't deserve to be cancelled by our culture. It deserves instead to be enjoyed, yes, but also challenged and perhaps even redeemed. In the end, the truth remains that this poem contains potentially dangerous ideas that narrowly define what beauty is, and this can cause serious harm to people, particularly as they form their identities. Because of the concerns I have, my hope is that the poem is redeemable if the right light can be shined upon it. Personally, I did attempt to do this, and I went and made a video for this poem that used images of the female form, yes, but ones which weren't sexualized or particularly controlled by the male gaze. As a consequence, I settled on using images of an ice skater in the video I produced. Why? Because the wondrous feats of the skater offers a simple beauty that celebrates the grace and majesty of movement. I really tried to steer away from a crude snapshot of female physical appearances. Of course, yes, the skater I chose is rather skinny and would probably be considered beautiful due to her looks, but, but the movement and expression of the skating are the true focus of the video, not the skater's looks. This female ice skater is skilled, hardworking, strong and expressive in what she does. And it is these beautiful qualities that truly create the aura needed to support the poem at its best. So please make sure you take a look at the video on YouTube and maybe you can leave your thoughts in the comments. In the end, I'm pretty tired of the male tendency to pronounce judgment on the beauty of women and link beauty with shallow physical traits. Of course, the poem itself actually argues that the outward beauty of a woman is a manifestation of a woman's inward grace and character. But this is also a problematic idea that we need to scrutinise. After all, what happens when a person truly is beautiful on the inside, in their personality and character, but their outward appearance doesn't match what society deems to be beautiful? Maybe they have acne, or maybe they have a birthmark covering half their face. I mean, do people in those positions have to be left feeling that what's on the outside reflects what's on the inside? Of course not. No, that idea absolutely stinks, and it's a pathway to mental health issues. Added to this, why don't we have more poems in our collections of so-called great poems that put males under the microscope and equate their worth in terms of their physical appearances? It seems so unbalanced and unfair. Anyway, enough of me ranting on and on. After a short intermission, I'll come back and give you some biographical details, as I usually do about the poet Lord Byron, and I'll also discuss a more traditional reading of this poem. It might add to the discussion. If you manage to make it all the way to the end, of course, I would just love to hear some of your thoughts in the comments.
Lord Byron is one of English literature's most infamous figures. He was part of the British Romantic Poets movement, in particular the second generation, along with Percy Bysshe Shelley and John Keats. This particular poem was published in the collection Hebrew Melodies in 1815. Though Byron is now seen as one of the English language's most famous poets, his early ventures into the writing of poetry were not very successful. In fact, his early work was savagely criticised by many of the commentators from his day. But Byron had the final laugh, writing popular poems that appealed very strongly to the masses. As a poet and as a part of the Romantic movement, however, Byron actually inhabits a rather unique space amongst the Romantic poets from his day. Indeed, many of his poems were so popular in his day that he became a celebrity on a scale that was practically unknown at the time. And out of this popularity emerged the idea of the Byronic hero, a well-educated, cunning and charming man who has a disdain for authority. Many readers saw Byron himself as the archetype of this type of hero. In other words, Lord Byron was perhaps the first literary rock star to strut his stuff on the world stage. So I want to present you here with a more conventional reading of the poem to balance out my earlier thoughts. As the title might suggest, She Walks in Beauty is a poem that celebrates a woman's beauty. In particular, it claims that true beauty is a quality that is as faultless as it is rare. That's the chief point of the poem, that this particular woman's beauty is unmatched because of the wonderful harmony and visual balance of her looks. Beauty, the poem thus argues, is perfection achieved through harmony. And as the poem progresses, it makes clear that this harmony is delicate and fragile and can be lost by even the smallest of changes. And perhaps that association with delicate and fragile with a female, again, is somewhere we can go in terms of challenging this from a feminist perspective. I'm not sure those sort of gendered associations are very helpful. But let's get back to the traditional reading. The poem starts by creating a sense of the speaker's awe at the woman's majesty. The speaker doesn't indicate that the woman walks beautifully, but that she walks in beauty. This unusual phrase conveys that the woman's outward appearance is truly noteworthy, so impressive that it surrounds her with an aura of holiness. The poem indicates clearly here that the source of such beauty is the woman's physical looks that bring together all that's best of dark and bright. Beauty takes the best of these elements and places them in a delicate balance. While She Walks in Beauty primarily focuses on physical beauty, it does also explore the relationship between inner beauty and outer beauty. It portrays these concepts as closely interconnected. Indeed, the woman's outward appearance is read as a sign of her inner serenity, peacefulness and innocence which again sounds like a rather gendered and stereotypical association to the modern ear. Nevertheless, it's up to the reader to decide 
how much of this concept of what is beautiful in our world convinces them. The poem spends most of its time focusing on physical beauty, and the reader learns little about the woman other than what the speaker tells them. Regardless, in the speaker's opinion at least, outer beauty is a reflection of inner beauty, and indeed, both are in sync with one another. And again, you can see here why I might have so many problems with this poem. So it's time to wrap up this week's episode of the Lit Poetry Podcast and sign off until next week. To support our work, don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe to our channel. Your support is very much appreciated. To access more resources on poetry, visit our website at www.litpoetry.com. We'll finish by listening one more time to the poem. I hope you have a great week and I'll see you next time. She walks in beauty, like the night, of cloudless climes and starry skies. And all that's best of dark and bright meet in her aspect and her eyes, thus mellowed to that tender light which heaven to gaudy day denies. One shade the more, one ray the less, had half impaired the nameless grace which waves in every raven tress or softly lightens o'er her face, where thoughts serenely sweet express how pure, how dear their dwelling place. And on that cheek and o'er that brow, so soft, so calm, yet eloquent, the smiles that win, the tints that glow, but tell of days in goodness spent, a mind at peace with all below, a heart whose love is innocent. You've been listening to the Lit Poetry Podcast, presented by James Laidler. For more podcasts, poetry videos, and other useful resources, visit our website at www.litpoetry.com. Thanks for listening.